Hello everyone and welcome to a new episode of Five. Today I will talk uh, with Michaela Stauch, uh, who I actually got to know back in 2019 when she was joining the Deep Dive International Master Program of Entrepreneurship and Digital Transformation. And we're talking today about a lot of different topics from female entrepreneurship to product development and how it is to be a female founder. For us, entrepreneurship is not necessarily about starting or running a business. It's a state of mind, a principle of life, and an approach to dealing with problems. This is Five, your university podcast on female entrepreneurship by the Munich University of Applied Sciences and the Strasheg Center for Entrepreneurship. We strongly believe in diversity. It's just so much more fun and exciting. Diversity in food, in cultures, in places, ways of living, learning, creating and doing things. It's this desire to explore that we all have in us to see new things. And yes, to be curious to look what's behind the next corner. So, uh, hi Michaela, nice to have you here in our podcast studio. I'm very happy that we're sitting here together today to talk about your journey with the SCE and the Munich University of Applied Sciences how you started as like a student and then got into the entrepreneurial journey. Welcome. Thank you so much. And thank you for having me. <laughs> yeah, I think it was like back then in 2019, right? Yeah, the first batch started in October 2019. Yeah, so, so Michaela applied actually for the first batch of the Deep Dive uh, Master Program, which is like an international and interdisciplinary master on entrepreneurship and digital transformation. And I think to really get the whole picture of your journey, let's start with your motivation to apply for the for the deep dive master. What was it about that triggered your interest? Why did you apply um, for for this program? And yeah, let's start from there. To get the journey, I think we have to look a little bit uh, further back. Um, I think I decided like after my internship or during my internship, during my bachelor's degree already, that I want to be an entrepreneur or like build a company of my own someday. And that idea stuck basically throughout uh, the rest of my bachelor's degree. Um, but I didn't really have an idea back then to follow through with. How did that idea come to your mind at the first place like I mean you say like like yeah how how did that happen even that I wanted to become an entrepreneur yeah or... <laughs> it was what I'm saying you know like you're saying you know, if you went to bed and then one day you just wake up and be like, oh yeah I want to become an entrepreneur <laughs> um I mean I was lucky that I had a really great internship back then in my bachelor's mm -hmm. degree um I really loved the people I loved the tasks I got I got a really A lot of responsibility but I was like okay what is more to that and I think becoming an entrepreneur or building a company of my own to me was the bigger challenge <laughs> and that was intriguing to me <laughs> so um, I thought yeah maybe that's going to be my way <laughs> and we'll see when I, I get there. So when I finished my bachelor's degree um, I looked into master studies um, kind of in the innovation space or entrepreneurship 
um, area. And back then there wasn't really a lot in Germany. <laughs> um, I think I applied to four different universities. I mean, I have to correct myself. There are programs, but oftentimes they only accept tech people into it. And I have more like a um, business background, like I studied design management before. So um, I didn't have that many opportunities. And yeah, SCE was one of them <laughs> with their brand new program. And I'm happy that I made the decision to stay in Munich and to, um, yeah, finish that master degree or pursue that master degree. <laughs> so you basically just Googled, you found out about that program that is like interdisciplinary. That means like people from all sorts of backgrounds can apply and then you applied and then you got in, <laughs> right? Uh, yeah. I mean, before that, I also um, did the MOC um, MOOC, the, MOOC, <laughs> the, yeah. the um, online course before that. And, um, yeah, then I applied for the whole master's program. My job at that time was the development of the master program together with mainly together with the MOOC, which is like massive open online course. So the idea was, uh, and that's something which is really specific about, um, the deep dive master program is that as we invite people from all sorts of backgrounds, um, they have to either bring entrepreneurship um, skills and so if someone had didn't have these entrepreneurship and digital transformation skills and we wanted to give those who didn't have these um, uh, subjects in their previous studies um, so that was the main idea primarily for uh, building up the online course so that people could actually join like a three-week online program Uh, with quite advanced uh, um, different modules and to go through. And then um, after these um, three weeks and passing all the exams and assignments, you would get a certificate and that certificate you can attach to your application from the master, right? Like yeah. how how was um, this process for you? Like as like from your experience, how did it feel like, the opportunity to have like an online course beforehand of the master, like did that concept work out for you or like, how do you think it? Uh, yeah. How was it? I actually really enjoyed the course. Um, back then I was like in between my break, between bachelor's degree and master's. Um, so I had a little bit of time to fill <laughs> and I did uh, quite a lot of online courses and one of them, the uh, massive open online course. And I think it gave me an, a first insight on how the master's degree would be structured. And I really enjoyed the tasks and <laughs> was happy to get actually um, feedback from you guys as well. <laughs> so I thought that was, um, yeah, quite um, enjoying. Yeah, nice. So then um, tell us a bit, like from the first batch, like your who else joined uh, the the massive program and like your first cohort, your co-students, like, uh, yeah, how was it? Like, I think October 2019, <laughs> you all got together. I mean, people from various countries started on that journey. And um, yeah, um, I think we were like 23, 25 people. 
and from like over 10 nationalities, some of whom never been to Europe before or like Germany. And I really enjoyed that we all had different backgrounds and different experiences before um, because it yeah, creates a different learning environment because everybody has a different point of view on something. So um, I think that really contributes positively if you work together. And the concept of the master's degree is that we um, split into project groups and work on our own startup. <laughs> I mean, that's, I think, something right and that already happens in the application process. So people usually would apply either with their entrepreneurial idea or with an entrepreneurship project idea. Mm-hmm. And then in the first introduction week, uh, you would pitch Uh, like those who have their own sort of idea would like pitch in front of the whole class and try to find team members and groups are forming. And did you pitch? Actually, Um, Yeah, I pitched an idea back then. Uh, It was actually in the food space, but Mm -hmm. I actually applied with a blockchain idea back then. (laughs) (laughs) And then I ended up in the entrepreneurial um, team pursuing the health uh, industry so (laughs) quite a turn (laughs) so from this the study program till now what happened um so the roots of our startup today are actually in the master's degree um lucas and i like my co-founder decided to follow through with that idea um, because we saw a huge potential and after but there wasn't the idea with MetaFinance, right? It was like a, a different idea or... MetaFinance pitched us um, a idea in the blockchain space, which they basically wanted to have programmed. <laughs> but we were like, no, we are an inter- entrepreneurship uh, studies program. Uh, we'll do a an ideation phase and see what problems are there and what we can actually solve. And after a lot of weeks of ideation, design thinking, and all the different um, techniques you can apply to get an an idea, Um, we arrived at the topic of um, falling and the risk of falling for especially elderly people. And um, one main reason we decided on that topic was that every member of the team had experience within their family with the topic of falling. Like my grandma um, fall, fell several times, um, even broke a hip, a wrist, stuff like that. Um, so not really nice. <laughs> and then after the um, program from the master's degree was um, finished, we applied for the startup certificate um, we started, I think, March last year with the startup certificate <laughs> and um, then got Exist funding this year of April. <laughs> so tell us more about your solution then. Like, I mean, you you discovered that, okay, elderly people, they fall. And then what, like, how... And and was so was was the solution that you try to um, 
come up for those people or was the idea of FS? <laughs> FS is actually now called Extra P. <laughs> ah, you changed your name. Uh, yeah, we changed yeah. the the company name. Um, the product itself will have another name, which is not yet to be disclosed. <laughs> But uh, yeah, stay tuned uh, for that. Um, so how we developed the solution. We first had a look at all the different um, competition products, obviously. <laughs> Um, there are several out there doing something similar than than we do or like aim to something similar. What we noticed is that a lot of these solutions are not really user-friendly, have really um, a high standard for technology, like the person wearing it has to be good with technology. <laughs> And the usability oftentimes is also not so great. And the aesthetics <laughs> of the product. Um, so, so like a device that you... There are variables mm. which we focused on, but there are also like um, sensor um, solutions uh, to build within your um, flat or house, like um, flooring systems or camera systems. That in um, case that someone falls... It Which, triggers an alarm. Okay. And, um, then so that's that's the product you're aiming for. Like we're building a automatic fall detection uh, device um, with a notification function, so that um, the elderly people or the person at risk of falling uh, can get the help um, he or she needs. <laughs> mm -hmm. And uh, yeah. There are also like airbag systems <laughs> wow. uh, for to wear around your belts. <laughs> okay. Yeah, as I said, the design is a problem, the uh, usability is a problem, and oftentimes the price is also a problem. And that um, it only functions within your own uh, four walls, like in your flat, is also a problem because people tend to leave their <laughs> places now again. <laughs> So we decided on, we focused on those um, four topics and wanted to analyze how we can improve those areas and decided, okay, it definitely has to be a lifestyle product. Um, the person really has to enjoy it to wear it. Um, the person doesn't need any technology understanding for our product. It should be within a price range which is affordable to a lot of people and out came a jewelry piece actually which you can wear um, as a necklace as a um, bracelet. bracelet or as a clip <laughs> and you can basically just switch the um, censoring so just like the Apple Watch, you can attach different wristbands to, to our sensor and, yeah, decide every day what you want to wear. <laughs> and for the um, technology aspect, we actually focused on a IoT network. So we are not relying on Wi-Fi decked, which is like the house, telephone, um, or a second device because a grandma or grandpa doesn't always have um, a smartphone with them. We're also not relying on um, the mobile networks. 
<laughs> because oftentimes in Germany, as you might know, it's not the best. <laughs> so if, a, like, let's say if my grandma wears like this wearable and, and she falls down and she passes out, um, like, is it like, automatically like because of the like, um, yeah, if you fall down, then the it's automatically calling the emergency or, or how that how is the the customer or the emergency emergency journey let's say in that sense yeah so grandpa grandpa um wears the jewelry um falls and is maybe unconscious so they obviously cannot push a button or something like that which is often the solution with um competition products so a automatic feature was really really important to us and uh we managed Uh, some time ago already that we get those automatic features. So our sensors trace the um, movements of the person. And if the patterns for a fall occur, it triggers an alarm. And user interviews showed us that grandmas, grandpas or persons with risk at falling don't always want the ambulance to come right away, which is also the case for a lot of the other solutions out there, which is why it was important to us that people wearing our solution can decide for themselves whom is going to help them. So in our um, app, you can kind of place a hierarchy. So the the alarm goes to... Um, A child first, then maybe the nephew or the sister or like the neighbor, and then maybe someone down the line, if no one of them is available, available mm -hmm. um, the ambulance can can be alarmed. So yeah, maybe tell us a bit um, at which stage you're currently at with like your product prototype, how many people are you in the team right now? And like, um, yeah, tell us where you are at and what what are the next uh, steps. Within the team, um, it's Lucas, my co-founder, and Alex, also co-founder, team member. Lucas is a designer, um, also from the University of Applied Sciences in Munich. And Alex um, has a background in economics and he's studying to become a doctor right now. So he's our medical expert within the team. Um, so it's those three team members, like including me, <laughs> as uh, the main core. And then we are working with freelancers right now on various different topics. And did you meet both of them in the master program or how? I met Lucas within the master's program and we did some um, hiring <laughs> for the Exist grant. So we needed a third person to join us for the grant. And we looked in various places and luckily found Alex. <laughs> like through like a platform or? Um, actually <laughs> through Facebook. Like I posted the uh, job ad in various different groups, and including groups for medical students. And then Alex reached out and it was a good fit. <laughs> so, yeah, we are happy that he, he decided to join us. Um, talking about the stage we are currently at, we already did a lot of prototyping and it's like a continuous process, obviously. But right now we are at a stage where we um, included all the function functions in one before we only tested like 
one function and then this function and that. <laughs> and now it's all included into one PCB. And we are working with partners on building the market launch strategy. <laughs> we recently founded our um, GmbH, <laughs> like made it official, <laughs> basically. And yeah, developing the CI for the product, for like the company and the product then. Um, we are starting to prepare for our crowdfunding campaign. Uh, starting to um, build the strategy for our investments. And yeah, lots of exciting things are happening right now. <laughs> so until now, how did you finance like the, I mean, I, I assume that um, you're personally are financed through the Exist funding, which gives kind of every founder like a certain small amount of wage um, as far as we heard in one of the last episodes where we talked uh, in depth about excess funding which is mainly relevant for Germans or German startups and then um, however like when it comes to prototyping and also developing the sensors and everything I assume that there's also uh, yeah you need money to do that uh, or how how do you manage so far to to get this um, set up? Before Exist, um, we were in the master's program where we also got a little bit of funding. <laughs> uh, we obviously used that. And then in the startup certificate, we also got a little bit of funding. <laughs> uh, we got several prizes, like the Strashik um, Award. Um, we won there and got a little bit of money there as well. And uh, then Exist pays our salaries, yes, but it also has a fund for the company, which you are able to spend on um, development and also coaching related things. So we're currently using all that money. <laughs> and obviously building uh, or founding a GmbH also comes with you having to put in money. <laughs> so um, we are using that as well. And so you were saying that for now you're aiming to do like a crowdfunding uh, or VC funding or like did you decide like which route you want to go down or in regards to further fund your or pretty much then also go into the next stages and trying to scale and then probably sell the product <laughs> at some some point. Yeah, so right now we are already in talks with a couple of um, like business angels, VCs. Um, we are still aiming to start a crowdfunding campaign because we think our product is really suitable for that. Like the feedback from all the people <laughs> uh, we gathered so far was also very positive uh, in regards to that. Um, And for a startup, you can also like really use the performance from the crowdfunding campaign to argument your um, company value. <laughs> um, so it's also like a strategic move for us for the time after Exist. Um, so our Exist funding goes until end of March. And from then on, we definitely need um, a VC or business angel investment. And yeah. We are starting that process in parallel right now because those investment processes uh, take 
a lot of time <laughs> and you you're not getting money from like for tomorrow <laughs> so you have to plan ahead a really long time hmm. and how do you find those like investors or um how do you go how do you set up that process for like searching and selecting and pitching and like um so first of all it's obviously a lot of internet research and uh going to events uh going to fairs as well a lot of networking <laughs> and uh yeah seeing who knows who <laughs> and obviously also as a startup deciding on um what do we want from an investor because there are obviously different kinds of investors <laughs> and um you need to decide whether you are interested in their skill set whether you're just interested in their money <laughs> or if they can help you i don't know strategically in your market launch or something like that and um these are all like factors you have to include within those research areas mm. <laughs> yeah and from now i mean you've been already a bit into the process i mean you're still like in the very early stage however you you accomplished the master you you started all the initial steps you focused on a product you're a team um what do you th like what what helped you the most like till now in in this process and this entrepreneurial journey so far like what would you say um i think one of the main things that helped me as always staying on the topic <laughs> like really um being committed to it <laughs> and even if you had a shitty day you get up the next and continue working on it no matter what like um having no doubt um in regards to your product and always finding a solution for the challenges <laughs> and in regards to your team Like what would you say like when someone is still maybe um alone or and tries to find team members like what what is like the kind of like the the secret of like how to to become like a successful team and um like yeah tell us a bit about your team formation and and how it works and um why you think that your team members are the right people to to start on that journey one key aspect obviously is communication um i think what uh, was very beneficial to lucas and i was that we already worked together during our master's degree so we kind of had a try period <laughs> where uh, nothing was at risk basically so we were able to see if we are a good match business-wise. Yeah, we have similar mindsets, which obviously also helps. Uh, we get along very well. Um, and yeah. All similar those... mindset, but then also different skill set, right? Like yes, As yeah. you said, like you're more like business administration and he comes from design, industrial tech, design. Tech yeah. stuff, yeah. yeah. So you, I think it was... 
than kind of easy to divide tasks. Yeah, definitely. So uh, he has his area of responsibilities. I have mine. Obviously, um, it is also beneficial to us that I have a design management background. So I actually know um, how his work process looks like. Um, not Obviously, I don't know every technical aspect or every technical development um, stage. But um, in the design area... Um, I'm very familiar with it. And even like with the technical area, I'm getting more and more into it. And yeah, also think that I contributed in some beneficial ways, <laughs> obviously as well. And yeah, those were things that really helped us building the team, the, like the two of us. <laughs> and then um, with Alex, he joined us last autumn so like almost one year ago like 10 months ago maybe and he does not live in in munich right now so it was uh, remote mostly um but what helped us there is think i think that um he also gained um, some experience within the VC life. <laughs> so he brings a valuable contribution um, in, in that regard. And he's also like a very driven person and uh, with a lot of experience before. And um, yeah, that, that mindset comes, <laughs> comes again, uh, comes in again. I mean, this podcast is... A lot about uh, role models and like um, inspiring uh, founders and startups, specifically female founders. And as you know, we have one question that is always re repetitive about uh, the number five. And today um, you brought us some interesting startups, like your top five startups that might be sometimes like a role model to you or you might look into those startups to get um, inspiration and ideas who might already be a bit further down the road. And yeah, I, um, tell us a bit like which companies, which startups you brought for us today. Um, so the five startups I brought today, um, three of them are um, friends of mine. Um, and I also brought like two bigger startups. <laughs> um, so I'm going to start with the two bigger startups. Um, one of them is Parquet. They are building a um, financial portfolio uh, systems for individuals. So you can um, track your stock ETF and other investments in one um, platform and one dashboard. And the, th the thing I find um, inspiring about them is that they live kind of a open startup um, culture. So they actually post on their website their monthly reoccurring revenue. Um, the founder has a live stream on YouTube every week where they cover several different topics and really give in-depth insight of building the company because Until only recently, um, that founder still worked like full time in, I think, in 
a Fortune 500 company and only built that startup in his spare time, but also already has like um, 10 employees and a lot of influencers marketing their solution for, for free, basically. So he built a really, really great community around that product and really listens to the community and on what features to implement next. And um, yeah, I find that very inspiring. <laughs> and another startup I came across recently is uh, Relativity Space. Um, they are 3D printing rockets. <laughs> so they are in the aerospace area. And um, yeah, basically the first company, at least I know of, um, able to 3D print actual rockets. <laughs> wow, yeah, that's amazing. <laughs> Pretty huge. Yeah. And then coming to the three uh, friends of mine, startup friends of mine, um, Käsekrake, <laughs> they are based in Kiel. Natalie and Sika are building a vegan cheese company made from sunflower seeds, which tastes simply amazing. I hope they'll be uh, available in Munich soon because so far they are only locally available in Kiel. And then there is Noho from Cologne. Um, they are building a sustainable cleaning product range, which you can already um, buy <laughs> online. And they have just uh, the best vision and mission um, for this planet, I think. And there's um, Wardrobe Affair from Berlin. And she is building a platform um, for people to rent and borrow designer clothes from each other. It's like a peer-to-peer -peer network where you can borrow a, I don't know, Chanel handbag from your next door neighbor. <laughs> yeah, now as you're mentioning all these, like the last three, like my in my head, there is a bell ringing, which reminds me that you have been part of Crate F, right? Yes. <laughs> so we can touch upon that topic too, as we talked several times in the in the podcast. Uh, and Francisca, the founder of Crate F, was also in one of the episodes and. Yeah, maybe in brief, tell us like what is Create F again for those who haven't listened to that episode uh, or these previous episodes and why did you join and what was it all about? And yeah, what was the biggest um, maybe accomplishment or what what was your main takeaway from that program for your for you as a female founder? So. Create F is a um, female founder show uh, you can find on YouTube. Um, we filmed uh, several um, episodes in Berlin, in Hannover, um, also one in Munich where they visited um, us at the SCE. And um, yeah, I think we were like around 10 um, founders, female founders, um, all obviously amazing people, not just uh, the three I just named um and that was actually like also one of the 
main takeaways for me are those um, connections I was able to to build during that uh, very intense time. <laughs> um, yeah. So you're still basically you're still in touch and help each other on your process of starting a company or uh yeah uh, we try to come together regularly and like just talk and and chat about what is going on within um, our lives and also obviously within our companies and um, see where we can help each other um, to to grow and to further our companies <laughs> yeah yeah I think that's something that is really key and that's something also I'm continuously hearing no matter if it's like an incubator where you sit together with other startups or if it's um, yeah or if it's um, something more dedicated to other women um, I mean usually in the incubator at least the one in for the Munich University of Applied Science um, sometimes there isn't that many women visible in our incubator I mean there are some <laughs> however the majority is definitely um, our male founders and so I think yeah I don't know do you think it's a difference does it make a difference for you to exchange with other women than to exchange with guys or like was that an asset for you in this uh, female founder show or your motivation to join uh, a show that was specifically like uh, one female only? <laughs> um, so in general, I would say diversity is important to me and diversity does not equal females only, obviously. Um, back then, when I decided to apply for Create F, um, I, I saw it as an opportunity, obviously. I was interested in the program and interested in, um, yeah, gaining experience. And obviously, I'm very happy that I met all those lovely people. And, um, I, I think I enjoy the, um, exchange equally between <laughs> female founders and male founders um, because obviously diversity and different backgrounds are key. <laughs> so the motivation for the female founders show was more about the opportunity to go through that journey, to go through that process and not necessarily for you that it was like a female-only program. Yeah. yeah, yeah, I would say so. Yeah, thank you, Michaela. It was really nice to chat with you today about your journey from joining the Deep Dive Master or even like before, like uh, going through the online course, uh, taking little snippets of entrepreneurship and digital transformation, then going through the master, finding your co-founder uh, in there and uh, pivoting different ideas. And I think That's something that always is uh, on on the when when you talk about um, the entrepreneurial journey. That sometimes the first idea is not necessarily the the idea that uh, you will end up with. And I think specifically in that master, as you said, it's it's a nice environment. Like you you don't yet have 
all the pressure and uh, you can easily um yeah get to know people who are interested in the same like starting an entrepreneurial career maybe <laughs> and then you can uh already get in touch and see who you might have a good fit and um and then yeah step by step uh developing an idea and through through the university network having access to different grants and fundings and and then yeah it's it's kind of like a uh development journey i would say like both personally but also as how to become a founder and being like still guided through the process having lots of experts around and and yeah i think it was wonderful to hear about this journey and where you already um yeah where you're at right now and i wish you all the best for the next steps of acquiring funding and i think that's going to be very interesting too and maybe yeah we'll we'll meet up <laughs> sometime <laughs> again and and talk about uh, the next um processes i hope and yeah wish you all the best and yeah. thank you for your time thank you so much <laughs> <laughs> bye bye this was five your university podcast on female entrepreneurship we hope that today's episode sparked your curiosity and leaves you feeling inspired and motivated to explore further follow us on spotify deezer itunes or google podcast to never miss upcoming insights on inspiring startup stories thanks for listening and until next time